If you have never downloaded the church app, let me encourage you to do so. Um, I suspect the day will come sometime in the future, probably, where no one will even write checks anymore. Uh, it's a new day, a new way, so in uh, a great way to give. And as the missionary was up here, I just quickly went to my phone and gave, and um, it went through. Thank God that means uh, there's still room on the credit card. That's what that means. So um, anyway, that means Alice paid the bill the last time it came in. Well, the Lord's good. And God bless all of you. Tonight, I'm going to be in Proverbs chapter 8, but before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about the marriage conference, and I know that um, this is, you know, focused mainly on couples and uh, married couples, and then those that are engaged or um, dating, planning to get married. I... Um, I felt like last Sunday when we started this series that we should be more broad-based and touching relationships, not just the marriage relationship because this church is full of people who are presently single. And if it's your desire, it's my certainly my prayer and this church's prayer that God fulfill that desire in your life. But I want to say this to every person who is presently single. Something I've repeated many times over the years. It's better to be single wishing you were married than married wishing you were single. Um, Christian married people should never, ever be wishing they were single. They should, if there's issues, they should be working on those uh, issues and coming to a scriptural resolution. And there's always one. Say amen, everybody. All right. So uh, this weekend, uh, Mark Gunger is uh, going to be here, of course, Saturday night and um, Sunday morning, both services. He has pastored a church. Actually, it's where Pastor Matt Perkins used to be for many years, the worship pastor there and right about the time he left um, Mark came in as senior pastor and and uh, was doing this on the side and has had great success and we're believing for miracles to happen in married lives because the enemy is doing everything possible to destroy and my heart is just boy it's like the last couple of weeks, uh, so many situations where the enemy is out to take out a marriage of good people. And so um, we're believing that this conference is going to put a stop to some of those th issues that are happening, leading that couple to a divided situation. And then I want a, us to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, there is a lady that has been attending our church for um, some time. 
And she's from Canada. She has citizenship in Canada. But she had gotten married, moved down here. And then um, issues in the relationship. A few weeks ago now, she got word that her daughter, who stayed in Canada to go to school and university, had gone to the hospital and was needing a liver transplant and was about two or three days away, if they didn't find one, from passing away. So someone in the help church helped uh, her. She has, I believe, three other children to get up there, um, give them a plane ticket. The church has helped uh, several times and over a period of time and, and helped her. But just in case you think you're having a bad day, let me tell you about this, dear lady, so you can be praying. Her daughter is about 20, 21 years of age, and she, they gave her a, found a liver and gave it to her, but it was a diseased liver. And um, now the enzymes are high. She can't sit up. She's crying constantly. Uh, that's heartbreaking enough as it is. But this lady has no housing. Um, it's, of course, cold up there and dark and um, no housing. There's a waiting list of 10 to 15 years of subsidized housing in the Toronto area. Um, so anyway, she has these three little kids. When I first, we first contacted, uh, they were staying at the hospital. So you can only imagine. So we're making some efforts to help. And let me just throw it out there. We, um, we have a benevolent department. If you'd like to go to your phone and give something toward this need, if you feel so led, uh, we will certainly plan to, um, we do plan to assist and help. And we're trying to make arrangements from, pe uh, from people up there to assist also. And then there's a lady, Alicia, um, that is, has, has a serious problem physically with her kidney. Um, I don't believe she attends this church, but I got a prayer request asking for urgent prayer. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we're not going to let circumstances, even things that could weigh our hearts down, we're not going to allow those because we know that you are moving and you are working and behind the scenes at times when we have no idea what you're doing. But we always know you're doing something, Lord, in situations. And I pray for Pharaoh. I pray, God, that you would touch her. I pray her spirit would be uplifted tonight. I bind those forces of darkness that have arrayed themselves against her mind and her emotions. God, I ask you to touch her daughter I ask you to minister to her. I pray, God, for this liver. I pray, oh, Lord, God, it would begin to function properly. These enzyme levels would go down, and we give you praise for that. God, make a way where there seems to be no way. Make a way. Oh, Lord, God, we pray and ask. And Father, for this lady with this kidney issue, I pray, oh, Lord, God, your intervention. I pray, God, for your healing touch upon her body. I ask you, Lord, for any in this building 
that are in need of a miracle, God, that your Holy Spirit would touch them right now. God, minister to their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 8. The aim of the first nine chapters of Proverbs is to to bring attention, of course, to uh, the course of wisdom that the teacher Solomon is teaching future leaders, government leaders, and uh, doing everything he can to get them to understand that wisdom and knowledge and understanding are vital to your personal life. It is vital to the business life. It is vital to community. It's vital to government life. And if you're going to be a leader, regardless of where it is in life, Solomon is saying, you need godly wisdom. A couple of days ago, I, I got a, uh, a, a message from a news clip from someone that had sent it to me or I came across it. And there was a discussion recently in the U.S. Senate in America in 2020. In the U.S. Senate, they were having a discussion on a bill to medically protect newborns born as a result of an attempted abortion. And as I read this, I I just pictured in my mind, here are senators, rulers, uh, government leaders in our country debating whether to give medical attention to a baby that has been born as a result of an attempted abortion, and the baby is alive. One of those senators from California said, well, this is such a difficult, difficult, difficult decision. I'm like, dear God, have mercy. Another one said that this is... um, really contrary to women's health. And as I read this, and then a a senator speaks up and he says, we're talking about a baby that's been born, that is breathing, that is crying, that needs medical attention. And uh, I cannot believe that we're having this conversation. Folks, There is such an absence of wisdom in America today on basic issues of life and understanding and having knowledge, biblical knowledge that seems uh, so plain or certainly does um, seem like everybody should understand this, but contrary to a lack of or contrary to understanding There are people that are opposed to godly wisdom. Their minds are darkened, the Bible says, and there is no light shining out, certainly on issues such as abortion and others. There's even pastors, and several years ago, I had someone tell me, they said, well, Carl, uh, I was a good friend, but they said where they lived in Miami, there were some pastors that said, look, Uh, If these babies are born, they'll probably grow up and be in prison. 
And I thought, my Lord and my God, this is pastors we're talking about, folks. We need wisdom. And you better get the word of God out. You better find out what God's wisdom is and the understanding because there's gonna be more and more darkness trying to invade the light of God's wisdom, but by the grace and help of God, we're gonna cling to the word of God, we're gonna cling to wisdom, we're gonna cast off the shackles of darkness. Well, Proverbs, let's jump into it. Proverbs chapter eight tonight, and verse two and three, it says, wisdom, she takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the door. Here is wisdom's call, or wisdom's call is public. It's to everybody. Wisdom is calling out and saying, listen and take and partake and walk in the wisdom of God and understanding. Proverbs chapter eight, verse five. Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence or good judgment. Understand good judgment. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. What Solomon is trying to do is get those students or pupils not to be foolish or simple ones, but to be men of right judgment, good judgment, and an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. He's writing on behalf of wisdom, and wisdom is saying, listen to me, and I will speak of excellent things. And from the beginning, or opening of our lips, will come right things. The three imperatives. Number one, understanding prudence in these verses. Good judgment. Good and right judgment. Okay, uh, I know that the Pro book of Proverbs is over and over and over and over talking about wisdom. And then you go over to the New Testament and throughout it is talking about getting wisdom. Wisdom from above, not wisdom from below. And so Old and New Testament, we have over and over and over again, get wisdom. Get the wisdom of God in your life. Do not be a simple one and don't be foolish, but walk in wisdom. And so I say again to everybody here, there is never, ever an excuse for a dumb Christian, all right? There is no excuse for it. You have the availability of wisdom. And the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom and walk in it and get into the word of God and absorb, let the wisdom of God, the word of God, just flow through your mind. And uh, you have the capacity to walk in the wisdom of God and make wise choices. Do you understand that wherever you work 
How many of you work with people that don't love Jesus? Anybody here? You work with those people that don't love Jesus. Uh, uh, I'm putting my hand down. All right, so I trust everybody around here loves Jesus. Uh, You that work with sinners, that is so much more interesting. It is so much, really, it's so better to work with those because you are challenged every day. Yeah, all these Christians around here, it's great working with Christians, but it can get really exciting working with non-Christians. They can be ornery. They can lack wisdom. They can be mean. So can Christians, as a matter of fact. But anyway, uh, but you and I that, that uh, get to work with Christians, that's great. But for those of you that don't work with Christians or uh, you work with unbelievers, don't bemoan that. Look at it as a wonderful opportunity by God's grace to speak into and to pray for them and to be around them and to let your wisdom flow through your life. And and as you let that wisdom flow through your life, be humble about it and walk in humility. So understanding good judgment. That is one of the imperatives that wisdom wants us to walk in. Good judgment. And just think about it. God who knows everything about everything dwells within you. So if you're at a job and you do not know how to do something Pray about it. I know you can Google it too, but uh, maybe wisdom says Google it. But you can pray about it, and God can give you the wisdom of the Spirit to speak into that situation. Now, don't get heady or high-minded when God starts using you. Always walk in humility. Always extend that wisdom. Use the word a lot. We all right, God, try your best to stop using the word I when it involves you. There are other people around. Use the word we. And I try my best around here as pastor to use the word we. Even if I do something, it's still really all of us. It's we are doing this, not me. Uh, not somebody else. It's all of us corporately doing. So use that word we instead of I, 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 I. Use we as much as possible. So the next imperative is be of an understanding heart and then learn to listen. Wisdom says in verse six, listen, for I will speak of excellent things And from the opening of my lips will come right things. I've talked about this a lot because I believe it is so, so important. All of us should listen more. And especially in subject matters that we yet don't have the wisdom. If there are, uh, if there's a gap in your knowledge at this point about finances, then if you're around somebody that knows finances, then ask them, what do you think about this? What about this? And and you can ask questions that will save you money so you can have more money and have more money to even give. And so ask for wisdom. 
uh, several years ago. There was an admin in the office, and I overheard them. Admin that knew something I had just simply let drop through the cracks. And it was about my house uh, mortgage insurance or my house insurance. And what happens a lot of times when you buy insurance for your house the next year, you don't pay much attention to it because you got insurance that if you're not careful, they raise the rate every year. And if you don't pay attention for five or six years, which at that time I had not been paying attention. I, I can't believe I just admitted that. But anyway, I mean, if you don't always pay attention to everything that's coming through financially. And I had failed to pay attention. And when she said that, she said, can you believe I found uh, that I was paying much higher than I should have been paying? And anytime somebody says something about saving money, my ears perk up. And so they perked up, and I'm like, okay, what now? And uh, she said, yes, I had, we hadn't paid a, attention to it. And so they, we were paying several hundred dollars more. So what do you think I did? Wisdom and understanding says, well, that's good for you. No, I'm going to check out what I'm paying. And then I started checking around, got a better rate, saved several hundred dollars. Several hundred dollars. So I'm going to tell others about it. I just told you, some of you want to run out of here right now and see what you're paying. Some of you are paying hundreds of dollars too much. And so you need to pay attention. Listen. Listen because when it's an attitude of listening, it's an attitude of humility. There are people that know things I don't know. There are people that know things you don't know and things that will benefit your life. When Pastor Kevin was up here earlier and he said uh, that to that person that was waiting on somebody to pay them, I knew what was coming, of course, but I thought, how appropriate. He saw somebody that needed to be paid, talking about going to court, which was a normal process over time, and uh, long as it was an unbeliever. And so then he said, well, let's pray together. The power of praying together brought about a miracle in a short time. Now you say, well, that was just coincidence. That's your problem. You got too many coincidences in your life. You need a few more miracles and an acknowledgement of miracles in your life. So all of us need to acknowledge more miracles and stop saying, it was just a coincidence. It was going to happen anyway. Oh, just smack your mouth. <laughs> or let somebody else smack it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding, all right? But smack your mouth. Stop saying those kind of things. And start implementing wisdom through your life. And that's what God wants. And then... Uh, See, when you walk in wisdom, people will acknowledge it. They will say about you, oh, you are, they are so wise. But it's not you. It's simply you listening, learning, applying, uh, seeking after wisdom, the wisdom of God. And all of a sudden, people start proclaiming, you have great wisdom. And you do. Because it's the wisdom of God 
that dwells inside of you. Uh, I've told you this before, but that years ago, when we were, um, when we hadn't even started building this building, it was about 2003, I was at a presbyter meeting, um, and I'd been a presbyter in the local Orlando area for several years, and I was at a presbyter meeting, and uh, sometime during the presbyter meeting, another presbyter mentioned the LIBOR rate. And I'm like, couldn't believe it, but I, I really didn't know what it was, and and hadn't heard of it maybe but once or so in my life. And so when they took a break, instead of going to get something to eat, I dashed over to him, knelt down beside him and said, Danny, tell me, uh, what's this LIBOR rate? And can you, anybody get this? And so he said, yes, just check with your bank, ask, they'll give you the LIBOR rate. Now, before you get excited, they're probably, not, well, I shouldn't say that, but uh, typically it's, uh, Big accounts and like we were looking at here for the church. But uh, uh, so I asked and I got all the information and we had bought this property and paid cash for it because we had saved up money. So I called the bank. I had something that came to my mind. I'm like, oh, what if, what if I called the bank and I said, would you borrow, let us borrow money on the LIBOR rate? They said, sure. I said, well, we want to borrow $5 million on the LIBOR rate. And the LIBOR rate at the time was about 2.3 or 4 percent. And so they thought we were going to borrow it to build or something here on the property. No, that's not what we wanted it for. We knew of a, a place that would pay us almost 7 percent on money. And so we borrowed the five million. They were like, wait a minute, what are you going to do with this? We're going to take it and invest it. And their mouths dropped. And they were like, uh, well, we're not sure about this. And I'm like, well, why not? We have the land. It is secure the debt. So we'll take the five million. We'll put it in the bank. They said, well, we have to have assurances. We'll get them for you. So we took the five million, borrowed it at 2.3 or 4, put it in the bank or this in investment for about 7%. Don't do it now. Do it later. Just figure out what $5 million a year at a spread of between 2.3 or 4 and almost 7% will make for you. Let me just tell you, most of you could live easy on that kind of money. We made hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because I'm smart? No. Because I'm a good listener, all right? And so, uh, well, I'm not always. If, if you, don't ask Alice that, all right? So anyway, uh, but I'm a good listener when somebody says something about finances and I don't know about it. And so I was simply a good listener. And so you and I are going to be good listeners. Say amen, everybody. I'm going to be a good listener. I'm going to be a good listener. And sometimes God will use people that you least expect. He'll use people that you wouldn't maybe even norm normally listen to. But keep your ears attuned because God can use anybody to give or impart wisdom to you and I. Say amen to that, all right. So the following are voices that desire to pull us away 
from wisdom. Number one, propositions from the greedy. We found that, Proverbs chapter one. The greedy, they want to pull us away. Stay away from people who are greedy. And then in Proverbs chapter two, number two, from men of lying lips. I mean, dear God, have mercy. God help us to speak the truth always, uh, not to fall into the trap of saying half-truths or lies. Um, I've tried to guard myself in this over the years. Uh, there have been times our family would want to have a surprise party and, and tell the person something that wasn't true so that we could surprise them, and I start freaking out a little bit. And I'm like, no, we can't do that. We'll figure out something. Let's come up with something that's true, but we'll still make it a surprise. We're not going to lie about it. That's why those of you that are admins or secretaries, and the boss says, just tell them I'm not here. Uh, he's not here, are you? And he's standing about 10 feet away. I would never say that to an admin about me. I would never say that. Uh, you're not ever going to hear that out of my mouth by the grace of God, Lord. And, uh, but you got to figure out wisdom will give you ideas as to what to say so that you won't, you know, he won't have to answer the call or he won't feel like that he's being imposed upon when he doesn't want to be or she doesn't want to be. But God will give you the wisdom to answer people without lying about it. So don't fall into the trap of lying. Have you ever been, I shouldn't ask this, but I will. Have you ever been around somebody that you couldn't believe a thing they said? You know somebody. I hope they're not here. All right, so anyway, uh, I hope they're not sitting beside you and you're looking over uh, right here, Pastor. No, I'm sure that's not the case. Uh, years ago, uh, there was a young man. He was, had been in our youth ministry. This kid lied all the time. And uh, one day, we were, he was with me in the car, and I sat there driving, listening to him lie. And I knew it was so... He was exaggerating, and I knew it. And you, you know, you you're trying to be gracious. Yeah, yeah, you lying rascal. You know, and and finally I said, stop. Now you know that's not true. I had had it up to here, and uh, I'm like, I am not going to listen to any more of your ridiculous lies. I I love you, but I'm, I, don't even go on with this. Uh, this was, that was a long time ago. I don't remember the expression on his face, and I really didn't care at the moment. All I know is I had it up to here. I didn't hear, want to hear one more lie out of his mouth. Now, I'm not saying you do that tonight, later, okay, or whenever it is you're around that person that lies. But don't fall into it. Don't ever let somebody that lies uh, persuade you. People will lie. Uh, if I were to say how hey, many people that somebody tried to date you that, that lied about them. Do you realize there are people online that have false uh, websites or pages? You know, they've got some muscular looking guy on the website or wherever and, and, uh, and they are, you know, they're ridiculous or, you know, 255, I, I shouldn't say wait. Anyway, all right, so anyway, forget that. I'm sorry I said that. Number three, 
from women. Wisdom is be, tries to be pulled away by women of smooth lips. Words, Proverbs chapter two, men of lying lips, women of smooth words. Number four, from perverters of righteousness. Number five, from those who sow discord. Oh, look about it, look at this and think about it. From those who sow discord. Uh, God hates discord. He hates people who cause division. Not, well, I shouldn't say it. He hates division. And he hates it when people cause division, okay? He doesn't hate the person, but he hates any division that somebody brings to bear. That is why disunity in churches is such a horrible thing. Disunity in any corporation, it causes great division. It splinters relationships. My sister years ago was a part of a church that, that split up uh, the Bible quiz team. Some of them went with the other church. Some of them stayed with this one. The choir was split up. Uh, friends were split up. It was a horrible, horrible thing. Disunity is a terrible thing. Whether it is in a marriage, a family, a church, a business, uh, it's just a terrible thing. And those that sow discord will try to pull you away from wisdom by their arguments of their case. Don't let it ever happen to you. When somebody's sowing discord, stay away from them. Just pray for them, but stay away from them. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 9, it says, They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Well, uh, Proverbs 8, I'm not going to be able to get through this, but Proverbs 8, 11 and 12 says, For wisdom is better than rubies. In other words, Solomon is saying, For all you young men that desire wealth in this world, wisdom is better than rubies, the desirable gems that you think would make your life comfortable for the rest of your life and you would be at ease. No, wisdom is better than anything such as gold or gems. Proverbs 8, verse 13. Here is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way. And the perverse mouth, I hate, wisdom says. And the perverse mouth acts in an unacceptable way, says things that are coarse and uh, rude and uncomely in a society or in a home. A perverse mouth. Wisdom says, I hate a perverse mouth. I hate pride and arrogance and the evil way. And he says, the fear of the Lord, though, is to hate evil. That's wisdom. The reverence of God, the respect of God, or toward God, is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord prompts us to hate evil, especially the evil of pride and arrogance, that air or attitude of superiority in overbearing ways. Folks, May God help us to walk in humility. Let me just tell you, um, 
Wisdom, when wisdom enters our life and we start to walk in wisdom, then the enemy is right there to try to puff us up. And humility is necessary to keep us grounded as we walk in great wisdom. God wants to fill every person in this place with great wisdom. He wants you to speak words of wisdom at your home, at your office, at your business, in the church foyer. He wants you to speak words of wisdom when somebody has a need. He wants you to speak words of wisdom. We don't want to be rash with our words. We want to be deliberate. We want to uh, address issues with humility and that word from God that is, is wisdom and understanding and knowledge, that knowledge, that application of our wisdom toward life and toward others. Humility is absolutely necessary to be a success in life. And what happens when you walk in humility, God does what? He exalts you. God exalts you. Wisdom and, and humility are key factors for us walking in a relationship with God. But as we close this, let's, let's go back to talking about this humility. Because if we walk in humility, God exalts us. But if we don't walk in humility, God sub. Uh, causes us to be pushed down, will not allow us to rise up because if we allow pride to come in, see, our job as believers, our job is to walk in humility. God's job is to exalt us. But if we take over God's job of exalting us, he will take over our job of humili humility and us walking in humility. In other words, we will be humbled. And uh, let me just tell you, you want to humble yourself. You do not want God to humble you because he really knows how, all right? So we want to humble ourselves walk in humility, and then God exalts us. And when we are exalted, we still must keep humility lest we falter in that. And God humbles us again. So may each and every one of you walk in the humility of God that you use the word we, you, you give others credit, that you don't have to have the credit. You don't have to, you're not so filled with lack of self-acceptance that, that you have a problem with others uh, being a part of success in your life. No, we want to be filled with security and who we are in Christ so we can walk in humility and it impacts others around us. And then we speak wisdom, not only to their life, but even to those that are unbelievers, we speak wisdom into their life to make a difference by the grace of God. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, in Jesus' name, help all of us, Lord.
to walk in this wisdom that Solomon is teaching to these students. And God, that wisdom is crying out for all of us. The understanding, Lord, the knowledge that you have and you so desire to impart to our lives. Now, Lord, I ask you, for those that are in this building that are facing question marks about things they do not know what to do about, I pray right now as they look to you that the wisdom, the answer from you will enter their mind. God, that problem they want solved. I pray for wisdom. I pray for the knowledge. I pray for that word to enter their minds and their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. God, that thing that has eluded them, may it elude them no more. But God, may it be imparted to them the answer to those things, oh Lord, they need answers for. God, thank you for filling us with wisdom. God Almighty. The Bible says if we lack wisdom to ask, so I want you right now just to lift your hands and we're going to ask. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom that you so graciously give to us all. Thank you for understanding and knowledge, the application of that wisdom. God, I ask you right now, Lord, as a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, God, we all ask you for wisdom. God, impart that wisdom to us. God, impart that wisdom. Not only that wisdom for our own lives, but that wisdom for others. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Stand with us, please, everyone. Stand with us and... Pastor John's going to lead us in a chorus. As he starts to lead us in this chorus, we're going to open these altars. And I'm going to ask, if you're here, you don't know Christ, I challenge you. I challenge you. Slip into that aisle. Make your way to this altar. Come to this altar and pray and just say, God, I, I need you. Jesus, forgive me. Change my heart. Change my life, Lord. So you come. If you have other needs in your life, if you need a physical healing, you need financial blessings, you need to pray for somebody else, I'd like for two or three of you ladies to come and stand in for Farah, who's in Canada right now, and mentally, emotionally, really going through a difficult time. So I'd like for two or three of you ladies to come and just stand in for her, intercede for Farah around these altars. Would you do that? Lead us, Pastor John. You slip out and come. You need prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, my God.
Jesus, my God. Praise God. Praise God. One of our pastors is going to serve you. Pastor Jim's going to serve you communion. Feel free to come and partake. Slip your hand in this direction. Pastor John's going to lead us in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord, for those that have come to these altars tonight. And I thank you, God, that by your spirit, you're ministering to them, that you're doing the miraculous in their lives. I thank you, God, that you're turning situations around, that you're saving, that you're delivering, that you're healing, Lord God, that you're bringing hope back, that you're bringing joy back. Whatever the need is, God, I thank you, Father, that you're meeting that need by your Holy Spirit, even right now. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that when they leave this time in your presence, Lord God, and when we all leave this time together, God, that we wouldn't leave your presence, but that you would go with us, Lord, that you would be with us and help us and lead us and guide us through the rest of this week, God, with your victory. And I pray in Jesus' name that as you do that, Lord God, you'll continue to speak wisdom into our hearts, continue to speak your will over our lives, Lord God, and we'll be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise. We honor you and thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church. We love you so much. We hope to see you again very soon. Pastor Jim is here to serve communion to anybody who would like it this evening. Otherwise, God bless and we hope to see you soon.